Welcome to Podcast This Escape, the podcast where we talk about the escape room that we escaped from in the previous episode of this podcast. Alec, we did it! We es- it. We, we, I don't, we escaped Gideon, but we also kind of captured Gideon. We did a, we got a lot done. We solved some crimes, saved a girl who was also a blob, we who was also really a Gideon. We are good at our job. We're great at our job. Also, my father would be proud, you, even I, though I can't remember his name. <laughs> I'm going to put my notes in front of you for a while because the sexy goblin will not stop staring at me. So Danny draws everything in her notes and she has drawn a <laughs> sexy goblin, given a thumbs up. And yeah, he's, he's got a quirked eyebrow and so much muscle. <laughs> I absolutely what a love little that. Freak. Yeah, I've accidentally done the thing with paintings where his eyes will follow you. Oh, he's always staring at me. Better than I could have imagined. <laughs> well, that was great. That was really fun. I, 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 I was glad, actually, because one of the things that I was preparing myself to ask about when we were making the potions, right near the end of the room, we made the two potions, the sunlight potion mm-hmm. and the moonlight potion. And the thing I was going to ask as we were doing, as putting the sunlight potion in was, well, why didn't we just grab another sunlight potion and put it in here? Be, yeah, like because the sunlight that's potion not the is right going to solve our, our, our problems. Like, uh. couldn't we have just, like, we took one off a sconce. Why couldn't we just put it back on? Mm. And obviously, we could have from the beginning put one of yeah. the other sunlight potions in. We needed the moonlight potion. That, that was the sense. point. Did you have any plans for, like, if we had taken the moonlight potion and put it in any of the others, or was this the only door that had a secret oh, door? Damn. It was the only one that had a secret door. Um, if you'd put it in any of the others, it would have basically worked the same as the sunlight, only the light would have been blue. So you go gotcha. inside the room, the room's all blue. So mood lighting, but ah. no secrets. <laughs> that's fair. So that that's our black light. It wasn't the blue lens. It wasn't the blue it lens. Was the blue it was potion. the blue potion. <laughs> that, that was actually my original <laughs> idea for it, was trying to work out how a fantasy world would do UV lights. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, I want a secret message. And then, yeah, instead of being a message, it was a secret I door, so. totally thought that that's what was going to happen at first, that it was just like one of those, the maze was one of those endless mazes unless you 100% know where you're going. And the moonlight potion would black light the correct path for us or something. That's what I guessed was going to happen. That's fair. I, uh, was instead, it... we got Secret Devour Girl. We did. Yeah, we did find Secret Devour Girl. I loved the potions puzzle. Uh, the way that it worked and just finding the fragments and going, okay, I know this is a puzzle. Okay, right now I can tell that there are going to be more pieces to this. And then we got the second piece and go, okay, we now have symbols. They are the same number of symbols as people's names. Mm. These definitely must go together or else that's an unfortunate, very unfortunate coincidence that they're both eight. (laughs) I can't find it. We're trying to make stupid connections between words Mm. and it's just not working. And I just, I still wasn't sure if there was going to be a third piece or not. And then you get that third piece and it's so satisfying. It was one of those things where it was like, if this is a good puzzle, there will be a third piece. Yeah. But you're always worried when you're playing someone's room for the first time that you're just like, what if it's just a really bad puzzle? What if we're meant to figure this out from this? Like, oh, forward slash is normal and backslash must be the reversed without any other context clues. And so it was kind of like, I am trusting that there will be a third Mm. piece because otherwise it's a bad puzzle. <laughs> and luckily it was a very good puzzle. And the third piece came in and worked really well uh, and, and just sort of saw... I was so worried when we opened that door and we saw that the, that the cube was at the bottom of, the, of the, um, the trash disposal chute, the yeah. waste pipe. And I was like... And luckily that was more basically just kind of like a fun theming because that made mm. sense. Like, why is this cube here? 
it's for the garbage. And then it's like, oh, that's where he's thrown the corpses of the warriors he's defeated and all that sort of stuff. But I was so worried, like, oh, no, we're going to have to put things through this waste chute to affect the cube, to mm. change qualities of the gelatinous cube. Yeah, to, that could this, definitely... I don't know how to do this. This is going to be too no, much. No, yeah, I had no idea. Um, that's why I asked what colour it was, to see if we had to mix and match different yeah, colours like, oh, to no, is it do gonna something be a... to it. But instead it was a great way definitely of just like theming something Definitely a good puzzle together. that you could have in another D&D oh, yeah. themed room. And if it had popped up 10 minutes into the room, it wouldn't have been a, oh, no. It no, yeah, been like it a, Ooh, interesting. At the stage we were up to, that was that it would have felt like a lot. It would have felt like a lot. It would have yeah, been a panic I, moment. I wouldn't have locked the door if it had been that complicated. Yeah. Mm. Now, um, the timing of getting those pieces of puzzle. Like, obviously, we needed to do a little bit of work to get to the shields, which was our final piece. Would there have been a way to do that order differently, I suppose? Were the other two bits just searching I've forgotten where we yeah, found them. Yeah, I mean, them. look, yeah. if we had never gone into the potion room... I mean, true enough. It was self-contained, I think. Yeah. yeah how did we so, get the key again? Oh, right, so from you, the safe, yes. yeah. So you could have... I did have one of my friends who playtested it for me did work out the name Ezekiel just from the note complaining about Ezekiel wanting his robes back. And then yeah. they found the robes, and then they're like, these robes are way too nice for Gideon. He's obviously mad about Ezekiel for some reason. Let's try Ezekiel. Um, so they were able to find the list of names and shields, and so they were able to match those together before they found the potions ingredients. Ah. That is, that is int- it's a good point that, like, the Ezekiel stuff was interesting because there wasn't any moment of, like, here is where that information is gated. There were just a couple of extra things that, that hinted at that being a relationship. But you're right, yeah. being like... Sending someone to get your things is enough of a hint that, like, if you're if you're thinking about it, it's like, oh, that could be a relationship. Um, it could be. Oh, honestly, to me, I was just looking at it as a, oh, cool. This is my dead enemies list. Understood. Oh, he's well, working with true. skeletons. Cool. I guess he's dead too. Mm. Well, because that's also the thing that in a fantasy world, you may have stolen their robes because they had a plus three to AC and allowed you to. <laughs> To, to cast evocation spells more efficiently. So you might just steal people's robes and they'd send thralls to get them back. But on an interpersonal level, yeah, that's that the language of it. Yep. Felt, but it was interesting. Did that, was that always the case? Or at any point were you like, no, I don't want them to know about Ezekiel until here? Or was it always just like some vague hinting until they get it? At first, it wasn't even part of the puzzle. It was just, I wanted like lore stuff. And I was like, okay, mm. what's an interesting lore thing? It was basically when I was writing the list of enemies, I was like, well, I want something to be a bit weird here. So let's say his ex is a necromancer and just sent skeletons to pick up his stuff, because I nice. think that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then from there, it's like, okay, that's funny, but can I use that in a puzzle somewhere? I think also when you called his house, if you had called back, he'd have complained about Gideon being clingy, and which is another hint to the safe, and he'd probably also have said his name mm. at some point. Um, and then I also did a little bit about him doing a spell. So if you tried to contact him again, you just see a nice meadow full of happy bunnies (laughs) redirecting your calls. Uh, Awesome. I I also really, I love the part. I think the potion one was like the big sort of like puzzle. That was the the big puzzle moment. Um, I quite liked doing the astrology, astronomy stuff. I liked lining those up. Um, and I was glad that we did that in the wrong order and looked at the image before we read the book. I agree. that was fun. It was. <laughs> um, is there anything for you when you were designing it that you thought was like your, 
the thing that you liked the most in this room that you had the most fun making or that you felt proudest about? It was probably the shields. Um, I basically, I just found a website that lets you create your own shields and I had a lot of fun messing oh, around with that. Beautiful. Oh, um, that's awesome. Please send me a link to that at some point. <laughs> shall do, yes. Thank um, you. Yeah, so kind of the inspiration for this puzzle room in general was I ran a previous room I'd written with my friends and one of them basically said like, oh, I'm really bad at word puzzles and because that one sort of had a cipher and an anagram. And so mm. she was like, oh, could you do more visual puzzles? Um, so this ah. room is basically entirely visual and logic. There's mm. no... That's true. Like, there's no sort of puzzly puzzles in it. There's no sort of moment where you have to sort of sit down and unpick an anagram or do a Sudoku or whatever. It's, it's yeah, more that is good true. point. Yeah, story that. It does, it does work. And it gave us a lot of messing around time because, you know, <laughs> we had to be in the world and be in the characters in order to do this stuff. It was mm. fun. No, yeah, was... I, I, it worked out very well. And I like, and, and I think it is one of those things that's interesting that ironically, perhaps, or not ironically, unexpectedly, perhaps, a, a room that has more visual elements, a more visual room also works very well as a for podcast D &D. room. Oh, for podcasting, sorry. And, and as an audio escape room, because it's like we, sometimes when you have rooms with, with puzzles that are very languagey and very wordy, you need to see those words in front of you for a while. Yes, they are some somehow they yeah. are they are weirdly more reliant on visuals. They're more reliant on you like writing them down and thinking it through and looking at a piece of paper with with all the letters written out and That's be like, true. how do I look at how do I deal with these? Or you know, a cipher puzzle is hard to listen to sometimes. Absolutely. Because it's just I hope that when I do them, you cut them down working, massively. Yeah, it's just a person working through the process of like, okay, A is equal to Z. And and B is equal to Y. Okay, so they meet in the middle, and then yeah, all and right. So the, listeners you know, are definitely just sort of going, "All right, cool, I'll get it. They're gonna get this done, and yeah. let's just wait for them to be done." Whereas this is nice; that it kind of helps the audience also be involved. Like they have the same information, even if it's a description of the image. The fact that it's very logic based, it was just like connections and oh, hold on, we've got food that we need, and we've got gloves that give us food, and we've got the plant that wants this, and there's a glinting thing. So that'll be. I was a hundred percent sure that glinting thing was the key to door one. Mm. Um, not because I didn't because I didn't know I was looking for a lens yet. I guess no, yeah, I was very baffled by what that was going to be. Although I will say, I saw a lens. I did immediately think like telescope or something like that or lighting of some sort. Mm. Um, I was picturing a monocle. You, yeah, you went straight to that, and I was convinced. Just stick it in your eye and yeah. go, oh, the blue world. I think as for me, I was going straight back to our second episode where you would find a. Uh, Gel, gel squares for lighting to change the color of lighting. Fair, so I think fair, that's fair. why I went straight to telescopes. I wear glasses, and so when I hear the good word point, lens, good point. I think of my own face. Do you think that having the puzzles be more visual and less ciphery processy? Also, I was going to say works better for D and D because that is less. Eh, just roll your intelligence and you solve it. That's interesting. And so that would be what I would ask. Where do like when you've played this before, like did you play it with dice rolls and things happening to get things done? We didn't know because ma uh -huh. mainly because it's the issue you mentioned earlier about sort of making the difference between player intelligence and character intelligence. That's so hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, with so sort of searching for things, if you if they miss something, you just mm -hmm. kind of have to say, okay, roll perception again because you need to find yeah. this. So, yeah, we basically just sort of skipped all of that. We're just like, okay, you found it. You looked hard enough. You found it. 
Because mm. I mean, it is one of those things, right? Like dice rolls inherently take away certainty, right? Like they add randomness to everything. So you cannot say like your this character will know this, right? Like when characters can roll for outside knowledge, it's silly to have a room in which all the knowledge is contained within, especially when if they don't roll high enough, they won't find the knowledge that's contained within. And that's within. why I find it so hard to write ones like this it and I why, haven't yeah, dared to do it yet. It is the structure of, a, of an escape room doesn't fit to the to the randomness and the and the sort of uncertainty of role-playing games. Well, you generally. say, I mean, you say that, but there's an awful lot of role-playing games out there with different styles and different levels of randomness. That is true. So it probably doesn't work for a D20 system. Perhaps not, right? There's a lot of, like when you, yeah, there's a lot of randomness in a, in a kind of a Dungeons and Dragons Pathfinder thing where you're like, you're rolling one to 20 and then adding like four or five sometimes. You're like, well, that's a much more randomness than certainty. Yeah. Um, and especially with puzzles, you want to be certain, right? People need to know the exact tools they've got and know how to stick them together. The only... And when there's always a chance that they just didn't get half the tools because they rolled poorly, <laughs> it's, it, it means you can't do the same structure. The only thing I can really sort of wonder is, okay, let's just say they are going to succeed and it's just the differing levels of consequences and this is going to be really meaningful for the wider story that you have in your D&D game, like trying to get past the plant as it's chewing on its food. You've got to make some sort of roll to get past it. And you're always going to get the you thing. You always get the lens, but However, you might lose a leg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is just a, an escape room inside a D&D campaign. It's just a little circle of potential punishment. That is fun. Maybe that's the best way to go about it. <laughs> it does sound fun. <laughs> Um, uh, was there anything as we played that went drastically different to the playtests, up to um, and including Gideon's voice? I, Gideon's voice, definitely. <laughs> um, I am very bad with voices, so that was interesting. Um, yeah, I'd say the main difference, and this was sort of different between playtests as well, is basically do people do the doors first or do they do the stairs first? Mm. Mm. Because some people do the stairs first and some people do the doors, but it seems to be entirely random which ones people choose. Although once they do the doors, no one so far has done them out of order. Yeah, I consider that. I tried that, but you said no. Well, because why would you? Why not just go doors one through to six? It would be needlessly weird to go, I'm going to do door one, then door three, then door four, then door two, and then back to three again. Just double check what's in there. You just do them one to six. Why wouldn't you? Has anyone has anyone done the stairs but said I go halfway up the stairs and back down to the bottom of the stairs and then I go up to the top of the stairs and then I jump back down before looking at what's up there? No, you just go up the stairs in order. Well, my question <laughs> then: How much would it have mattered besides obviously the broken one for door three? Would you have necessarily even changed, or would you have just told us the exact same things but we would have put them behind different doors? Honestly, I think I probably would have just kept them where they are just because of mm. how they're laid out in my notes. And I think I would have gotten far too confused if I tried to change it. Yeah, mm. it's just interesting that either way could have been valid based on yeah. like, how we were doing it. It would have been totally fine to say, all right, the first one that you try is definitely going to be locked. The second one that you try is definitely going to be a kitchen mm. and just things like that. Yeah, I mean, look, I've talked about this before in terms of like people drawing maps in a room, right? Mm. Like being like where things are. It's like you could just have a list of all the objects in the room, right? You don't very rarely do need the geography. And yes. this is sort of an extension of that, right? Like it doesn't actually matter which door we opened. Uh, they didn't have like a geolog ge geological, geographical kind of like 
connection to each other. So if we did draws one through till six, you're right. It could have been, if we jumped from door to door, you could just still read out rooms in order, one through six. The necromancer robes had skulls on them. Come on, yeah, Danny. He's a necromancer. Come on. But I problem is, I just also assumed Gideon was a necromancer. He just feels <laughs> like a necromancer. Did you hear his voice? <laughs> that is your standard necromancer voice. <laughs> That's how necromancers sound. I tried to draw some of the plans. And he had romance novels. Oh, <laughs> damn it. That's, he's at least a romancer. Not much of a stretch to make him a necromancer. Yeah, he's clearly not a very good romancer. If he were oh, a necromancer, no. he would have been a vampire. Exactly. A necromancer. Mm -hmm. I understand. I tried to draw the plant diet food. It sort of looks like I've drawn dynamite. Oh, I would have said you've drawn three sausages tied together with string. <laughs> okay, well, that's better. Um, so yeah, you said like, like people's decisions change. Some people adore people. Some people stare people, door people for life. Um, was there anything else that you changed from a writing perspective when oh, yeah. you were playtesting the room? Did anything not work on earlier versions? You were saying you added in a little bit of the romance, uh, stuff. How did the playtests go? Do they change much? I'd say, so the main thing I've changed in playtests is the location of the astro astrology book, because that has Sometimes it's in the bedroom, sometimes it's upstairs. Mm. Um, I think I ended up putting it upstairs because the potions puzzle was very spread out and I wanted mm. that puzzle to be sort of contained in one room that's rather than fair. having that is always two a decision. really spread out puzzles. That is one of the things that's always a last minute thing that I change as well, trying to figure out where this clue should be and how close it should be to a thing. So mm. I totally get that as a decision. But it is true. It is nice to have at least one thing like that when you're running around trying to find the next part and be like, whoa, I've got this from, I still have those potions and I need to find something. So that's, I think that is nice. But if there are too many of them, it does get cluttered. Yeah, it was interesting because like there were lots of parts to that astrology puzzle. Mm, but they were all sort of just... Mm. I mean, we still, we still did have to look for the lenses, right? We had, still had to go yes, down and find Yes, that's true. We needed that last lens. lens. Um, which is nice. But that was good because that didn't feel as much like a, I have found these pieces, but more like I was rewarded for one puzzle. And now I'm reaping the benefits of that later That's on. That's why I was very relieved that the red lens was already in the telescope. Yes. There was that moment of, oh no, only one of them is in the box. Do we have to? No. Oh. No way. There's the telescope. Ah. We don't have to go and solve another puzzle. Not that I would have minded solving another puzzle, but I would have panicked as not knowing what else there was That's we true. could it solve. Was, I had the same moment in my head of like, wait, hold on. What are we still looking for? Maybe it's going to be in the window seat or something. Maybe a yeah. little puzzle box that we have to open up and and... Solve a slide puzzle. <laughs> the best, the best, best use of an audio escape room. I've sent you a link to a slide puzzle. Just do it. Um, so you said as well, this was not the first one of these you've written. You've done another one for your D and D group before. I have. Yes. Was that a similar sort of setting, or like what was that? It was one hundred percent different. Um, it was also set in kind of vaguely the world of Dungeons and Dragons, but the rest of it was very different. Um, it was set on have you heard of the creature a flail snail no <laughs> i love they're it adorable they're basically snails but instead of eye stalks they have a load of like flails and they can grow really giant sure um, but it, basically it was set on there was a farmer who was ranching those because they produce magical slime and he had been cursed so his entire ranch had been sort of popped into a pocket dimension um you were still sort of forensic mages for the guild so you basically got sent in to fix this curse and you had to sort of go oh. around the farm and find all the snails and find That's what pretty snails different. Were. I love it. 
Oh, wow. These things are colorful. Danny has looked up a flail snail. Man. I'm looking at flail snail. Wow, what a colorful flail snail. I love them. They do just have big flaily whackers on their heads. They do. They're like the uh, the snail from the Doctor Doolittle movie from the 1960s, where he lives in a snail for a while. Of course, I remember that. He lives in a snail for a while in the Doctor Doolittle movie from like the 60s. He lives in a snail. I don't know why I need to defend myself. You're the fool for not having watched this. He lives in a snail. It's a whole big thing, and he can talk to the snail because he's Doctor Doolittle. While he's inside, that's weird. You know that snail shells aren't empty, right? They no, because there was a man living in them. The shell is for anyone. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the snail shell that's inside there is where they keep all their organs. There is no hollowness there. It is flesh inside a inside, inside the shell is flesh. Well, flesh that's of the a man important part. Who lived there. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, that's cool. So but the snail roof sounds like fun. The the tower room was very good. Do you? Would you, do you think have you would more? do more of these? Do you have other ideas for like, oh, I could do it as well in a I, I am actually currently writing Sorry. a room. Um, so this was, again, this was something someone I ran it for, one of my friends asked about. And he basically said he thought it would be cool to do a room based on the classic D&D Tomb of Horrors. Oh, yes. So the That's idea the dungeon is... dungeon that kills you every step because you need to search does. traps on top so of your die. The idea for that that I kind of got is basically... It's either going to be that you're zombies and therefore the traps don't kill you or that oh. you're stuck in a time loop. So either way, you have to go through and kind of use the traps to get behind the scenes of the dungeon and work out how all the traps are working and escape. I love the idea of being in, the, like in a time loop as adventurers and you almost build up like a roguelike kind of feel to it. Like you're meant to die a few times to traps, but you learn something new each time and then you can do that better the next. Like, I don't know. There's something fun about that. It's interesting. I've honestly got to say that doing this one and hearing those other ideas, it's it feels like it's taken away a lot of my intimidation at actually trying to merge the two, the mm. RPG and the escape room, even more closely than we already do. Well, this is interesting because like this was a merge in setting and feel mm. without a merge in, in like a uh, uh, mechanic, right? It was still very much played the way we do escape rooms, played the way we would make a virtual oh, escape yeah, room. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, just embrace the setting of that world. But besides, I don't know, rolling for perception a lot more, this one didn't feel like it was like insanely breakable in a lot of ways. That's true. Like, I suppose it is still going to be hard to fight against the player who says, no, I just burn that. Oh, I burn that too. Before anyone can read that note, I burn it. Yeah, true. But they shouldn't be playing any game that's anyway. True. So that's fine. You don't need a, you don't need a build for them. Uh, yeah, they're losers. It made it feel uh, a lot more, like, obviously, very achievable and doable in a way that works. Yeah. Oh, good. Maybe it's something you could try one day. Absolutely. I have wanted to do more fantasy ones. It just seems weird that I don't do that many fantasy things when I really like fantasy. Mm. You should I do find, more fantasy and more sci-fi. As I, say, I find the fantasy makes it easier because I don't have to think about the logic of it. I can literally be like, yeah, it's magic. That's how it works. Just it doesn't matter. You solve the puzzle, you get it because it's magic. Whereas mm. I think if oh. I was trying to write a more real world version, I would get very in my own head about making it make sense. Locks don't work that way. 
Why didn't they just pick the lock? Yeah, it is a lot easier, I find, when it comes to the idea of doing fantasy. Not so much this works because magic, but this doesn't work because magic feels like the most useful one. Oh, and they're like, why can't I break it? Can't I just smash through the window? Nope, magic window. Dude, you think Gideon would have let his stuff get smashed? Mm. That works well. Mm. Um, Yeah, look, I really liked it. I had a lot of fun going through the room. I had barely drawn a map at all. I didn't map out any of those new rooms. It's remarkable that we got it done in a, you know, for us, timely manner, despite there being seven directions that we could go. It was a little intimidating to get started and be like, now just go. Go through any of these. I wanted more broken potions. I wanted to not be (laughs) able to open a door with a broken potion and only have one potion. Um, But no, it worked out really well. It was enjoyable. The characters were fun. I really Mm. did love that. The shields as well looked nice, but also Mm. as well as as being like a really nicely put together puzzle with the potions. Yeah. But I did love getting the picture of those shields and feeling like, oh yeah, look at that. These all work great. Um, did that was that hard to write? Like some of those clues? Did you did you have any did any of those changes you were going? Like is likes puns enough of a clue for Beatrice having bees and all that sort of stuff? Especially since think, we keep saying yeah. Beatrice as if it was a picture of beer. True. Yeah. Um, so the Beatrice one was actually one of the first ones I came up with um, <laughs> because this whole system is based on a thing called canting arms, which is a real thing where people who have coat of arms put puns in them. Um, and there it. genuinely is a Princess Beatrice who has three Bs, so B trice on her shield. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, so I just stole I that had... from her. You didn't notice but... the trice? I didn't. <laughs> I just noticed Bs. That's fair. Is that like the Princess Beatrice, sister uh, of Eugenie? Yes, it is. Ah, how about that? What a nerd. What a nerd. <laughs> uh, well, this is fun. Yeah, not, none of the others were based on real things, but that was but that's what the inspira- where, where the inspiration like came the from. The whole puzzle. I like it. Yeah, basically. Blood hammer, well, just having a bloody hammer, pretty easy. Yeah. That was great, because that was, especially when we got just the word part and it just said, yeah, not very original. That was the one that really said, okay, there can't be, we can't have all the pieces yet. Mm. So it's amazing. That yeah, that's the, not enough of a clue for anything. Yeah. Other than if we saw a picture of a blood hammer. That Which was, is what we ended up with. Yep. Yep. That was a good one. Love it. Oh, that worked out really well. Yeah, I had a great time. Thank you for coming on and thank you for running the room for us. Yeah, it was thank great you so fun. much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. I'm jealous of the rest of your D&D players who have done it before and will probably do it again. Um, I, I really loved it. Thank you, Danny, for playing with me. Likewise. I feel like you didn't... Get as caught up drawing, even though you drew a huge amount of stuff. What are you? Kidding I feel like me? I only had to tell you to to pay attention once or twice. Well, yeah, that's because you kept going off on vocal tangents. <laughs> ah, yes, that was it. I gave you time by talking in a silly Gideon voice. I gave you time to draw a little sexy goblin. <laughs> the perfect combination. Can this is we, why we work so well together. Can we make this our next badge? Do I have either of your permissions to make that so? <laughs> definitely yes. <laughs> I say no, but maybe. Um, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you want to support the things that we are doing, uh, you should sign up for the Patreon. Uh, it's a great way to support uh, this show and solve this murder and all the other fun projects that we do. Uh, anybody who donates at any level can appear as an NPC in one of Danny's rooms. Uh, and we also have a whole bunch of bonus audio and episodes we have audio of our playtests we have audio of us solving two minute mysteries and for this episode obviously we didn't do a playtest because we didn't make the room so there's a bonus episode of i believe it is us going through 
the murder mystery rules that Danny wrote when she was 13 years old when trying to write her own murder mystery and comparing and contrasting them to the classic 20 rules of how to write a whodunit. Um, so that's a great, it's a great, silly, stupid episode. Um, but so that's a bonus episode for all of our $5 donors. There are badges for our $10 donors. If Danny gets her way, eventually that will mean a picture of a goblin Ooh, on yeah. a romance novel. Um, and, uh, we'll, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So that's the best way to support the show. If you can't sign up for the Patreon, just tell a friend, leave a review. If you haven't left a review on, on whatever service you use to People listen to this podcast. People keep saying that that's important. So yeah, it maybe must they're be right. important. Give us a review. Tell a friend. Call your local news st- studio and say, hey, have you heard about Escape This Podcast? Oh, that would be great. Maybe Do that. they'll write a story about us. I don't know. I brought a newsman. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you all later. Thank Bye. you so much again, Alec. Thank you.